Hi friends, and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. Hey guys, today we have Tracy on the podcast. Tracy and I have been friends for, I guess, about 10 years now. Um, I met Tracy in undergrad and we actually lived in Honduras together for six weeks, which we mentioned briefly on here and we'll have to do a whole other podcast about because it really deserves its own podcast. But um, I met Tracy in undergrad. She was originally from New York, moved down to Arkansas and then moved back to New York and to Texas for a time and then ended up back in Arkansas. And so she shares her journey with us today about her heart for kids and how that has led her to all these different places and what she has learned along the way. She's learning a lot of stuff about herself right now that's informing the decisions that she's making and where she wants to go from here. So I love chatting with her today and you are going to love it too. We also talked briefly about our Enneagram numbers and how funny it is to me that depending on um, what my friends types are, they introduce themselves in different ways. So if you know your Enneagram number, comment on the post that I shared this episode on with Instagram because I'm so curious about that. So without further ado, here's Miss Tracy. <laughs> okay. Hi, Trace. Hi, girl. Um, I've told the people a little about you, mm. so but I want to hear from you. Who are you? Wow. This is my favorite part of the whole podcast because oh so far I have had two people tell me this is hard. They don't know how to describe themselves. It is hard. Have you, are you familiar with the Enneagram? I feel like I yes, talked about I this. Yes, I was going to talk about that. I talk about this almost every episode yeah. now. What do you know, What's your number? I'm a number two. Ah, okay. Before I tell you how... My two friends have been describing themselves. I want to hear what you have to say. Oh my gosh. I don't even know where to start. Okay. Like, do you just want to know, like, where I'm from? or like? I want to know what I... you think is important. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> probably important just because of where we live. Um, I'm from New York. Yeah. So, I'm a... New York. Displaced. Is that how you would say it? Sure. Displaced New Yorker? No, because that makes it sound negative. Mm. I am a former New Yorker. There we go. Now lives in Arkansas. Yes. I am a teacher. Yeah. Uh, fourth graders. I love it. Um, yeah. I'm really involved in my church because I love I love my church family. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons I'm super happy being down here is them. Um, yeah. That's, I mean. Okay, now I'm like a, a, Okay, go ahead. Well, finish what you're doing. I was just going to say from like a general standpoint, that's probably what I would tell people. It's funny because my friends who are twos, which I interviewed one. She's not a two. She thought she was, but she's actually a nine. Okay. Um, oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. She they both have said I don't know how to I don't know how to describe myself. Yeah. I don't know how what should I say cuz they're so used to like looking out for other people. Yeah, so a 2 is a helper, yeah. which is interesting because I mean, I wouldn't consider myself. I guess I am a helper. <laughs> I never would have uh, considered him. Uh-huh. Until I took the Enneagram, that's just not like the title. Sure. You know, cuz Enneagrams boil it down to like yes. one title. Um but twos don't like talking about themselves. I know. So this is interesting. I know. And I kind of sneakily set it up this way because I find it fascinating how people describe themselves. Uh-huh. Some people want to talk about what their job is. 
Yeah. Some people describe themselves in the realm of their people, like their husband or their kids. Yeah. And some people describe themselves where they're from or how old they are. Okay. And I've had everything so far. Okay. And I find it so fascinating. That's why I like to say, I like to word it like that because I want you to say. Just let them say what they want. Yeah. Because it's interesting. Yeah. It it really shows what you find important Mm -hmm. because I might describe myself in the ways that I want you to know I'm a part of this thing or I'm a part of these people. So I'm right. giving away my secret now, but oh my gosh. I find it so interesting. That is so, interesting. I didn't realize you were two. That makes sense though. Yeah, I'm a two. What are what are you? Okay, so I took the test and I was a one, which is like the they call it the perfectionist or the reformer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the one who's really cares a lot about like right and wrong and right. struggles with black and white. Um, mm. But I also mm. wonder sometimes if I'm a six. So funny, the first time I took the test, I got a six, mm. which is the loyalist. Yeah. Um, and I was pretty sure that's what I was. I read about it and I was like, yes. Like, yes. This, yes, this is me. Yeah. And then we took the paid version Ooh, at smart. church where I'm working right now. Actually, where I just finished working. Oh, that's uh, sad. That's a bummer. Oh, because okay, summer's anyways. over. Yeah. Wow. Woo. Uh-huh. That took a turn. For Hit the... you. Hit you right there in the heart. Yeah. So I took the paid <laughs> version and I got a two and I was doing some research because I was like, how can I be so sure I'm a six yeah. and then get a two as a result? Apparently, it's pretty common to get a two or a six. Oh. Like, depending on whether you're an extrovert or an introvert. Oh. I didn't research it a whole bunch, but there was basically just ties to you could be either one of these. Yeah. But I'm definitely a two, the more I research about it. You know, it. what's interesting is the story of my life is that I care just enough about mm. things like this because I'm a counselor and I've done a million trillion personality assessments and things yeah, like that. Yeah, right, right. So when it comes to Enneagram, you know, people know their wings and they know their... I don't know my wings. I don't know anything about that. And I did not take the paid test. I just took like the Goog yeah. test. And yes. so... That was what I took first. I probably... But there's it's like a big thing not to type people, right? Like you're not yeah, supposed I'm not, to... Yeah, you're not supposed to tell each other what you yeah. think. Yeah, so that's hard because I'd rather someone just like someone who knows me just say, "Hey, this feels like you." Right. So anyway, maybe someday I'll take the paid test and but well, I like just, bucks. Oh, that's not bad. I guess I just I don't, don't care, it, but... care enough about. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. It is really fascinating though. Yeah. To know what other people are, so that you can know how to like communicate with them. Yes. Or you know like what makes them tick or why it makes them. That's true. You know, and how to like go about that. That's very true. My husband took it and I think he's a, I want to say that he's a nine. I can see that. Yeah. Peacemaker. And it helped me understand why he does his shenanigan things sometimes. Right. That, that I will say that is a big benefit. And I think it would help him understand me. (laughs) Bless. Because he would rather just like lay on the couch all the time. Not, Mm. he's not lazy, but like on the weekends, I'm like, getting things done and right. he just would rather chill and he doesn't understand why I mm. and I, I think it, see and taking that would help I know. you understand each other better I know. you know we need to do it maybe maybe I'll do the paid one mm. anyway okay so you're a former we decided to say former New Yorker mm. how on God's green earth did mm. you get from New York to Arkansas yeah great question <laughs> so God would be the answer right? for that right um, well or maybe it wasn't or maybe it was me well, it's always God. Sure. In like, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's like part of my story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I wanted to get out of New York. Um, I had been there my whole life. And most people that I tell that to, they're like, you wanted to leave New York? What? That doesn't make sense. And I'm like, <laughs> it's, I mean, the grass is always greener, sure. you know? So I knew I wanted to get out and all my friends came to Harding. Oh, um, okay. Like, it's super well known in the Church of Christ community just because it's, I would say, one of the biggest Church of Christ schools. Yeah. So I knew I wanted to get out. I visited there. I visited Freed. 
and I visited um, uh, OVU. Okay. But OVU is super tiny. I don't so even know what that is. It's in, it's Ohio Valley, but it's not in Ohio. Right? Oh, maybe twist. it is. I mean, Google it. I don't know. Sure, but it's super tiny. It's like two buildings, Ooh. dorms, classes. No. And I was like, yeah, not can't do that. here. Can't do that. <laughs> no. I almost went to Freed. That was my uh-huh. second choice. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I went to Harding. Yeah, I followed some friends here. Okay, that's so. that's essentially what I did. So I just followed people. Yeah. yeah. So when you basically what I want to talk about today is you've done a lot of work with the youth. I have. And I am so interested. I know you went to camp, mm-hmm. Camp Hunt. Grew up at camp, yeah. And is that in New York? That is in New York, Okay, yeah. close. Because you're not from the city. You live outside. No, I'm from Syracuse, which okay. is upstate. Yeah. I always tell people, if you get a map, point right to the middle, and that's Syracuse. There you go. Um, yeah, I grew up in a suburb of Syracuse. Okay. And camp is in Hubbardsville, which is like a small little subsection of Hamilton, New York. Okay, interesting. So. Hamilton, mm-hmm. like the play. What a play. Oh, what, what a play. play. I have obviously not seen it in person, but me either. It's a good but one. the music. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> It'll take you for a ride. You know? I know. It really Ooh. will. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up there from I went there when I was seven. Um, and then I took a break for a few years. Um, I don't my parents got a divorce and so nothing was normal sure. for a few years. Um and then I went back I don't remember how old I was, like twelve or thirteen. And I've gone every year since then. Every, even now as an adult? I missed one year just because I couldn't get down there. And then I guess this year. So two years I've not been able to go. Mm-hmm. So when you went, because I went to church camp growing up, but it was never really a desire of mine to like mm-hmm. be a camp leader or anything mm. like that. When you started to go to camp, did yeah. you feel, because I know eventually you did start, you were a counselor, right? Like a yeah. camp counselor. Yeah, I was. Did you know, like, when you were seven that that's something you eventually wanted to do, or did you, like, kind of trip into that? Um, I knew that I always wanted to work with kids. Uh, my mom says that from when I was little, I said I wanted to be a teacher, like, oh, from when I was really so little. So cute. Did you, like, set up your stuffed animals and... I remember doing it with my sister. Uh, like with that's right. Yeah, I remember doing it with my sister and just being like, "We're gonna have school," and I made and like multiplication problems <laughs> yes. or something. Yes. Or addition problems because she was little. Yeah. I don't know. I do remember playing school though. Yeah. Um, I've always known I wanted to work with kids. I don't super know why, but I've always wanted to work with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the camp thing, just growing up there and being there, mm-hmm. um, I knew that eventually I wanted to lead. Yeah. So I guess, I guess I tripped into it like going there my first years, mm-hmm. but then I knew very, very strongly that I wanted to work with kids. What was it about being a teacher? Because I remember being young and setting up my stuffed animals and like calling on little teddy bear because he was talking to his mm. bunny rabbit friend mm-hmm. and like all of, I remember doing all that and I kind of veered from being a teacher. Mm-hmm. I guess it's similar being a counselor, but not quite the same. So when you, what was it about being a teacher that you were like, that is what I want to do? Yeah. So I feel like I have to give some like backstory and some like front story. I don't even know if that's a phrase, but it is now. So love it. Coin that. Um, so this summer I've been interning at church, um, with the student ministry. So the sixth to 12th graders. And I found so many correlations between ministry and teaching. Mm. Um, just like so many that I didn't even know existed so much so that I'm like, I love ministry. Mm. Like, maybe I love this more than teaching, mm-hmm. which has been, like, insane for me this summer. Because, yeah. like I said, my whole life, teaching was what it was. Yeah. So, 
So I'm super relational. Like yeah. I just like to be in relationship with people. Mm-hmm. And so I loved the idea of like um, being with these kids and like living life with these kids every day. Like anyone that asks me, hopefully like my principal and superintendent are listening, but I don't teach to teach. Mm-hmm. Like I don't teach because I'm like super passionate about content mm-hmm. because I don't, I mean like it's, it's something I have to do sure. being a teacher. Yes. I teach because I want to like truly get to, close to these kids mm-hmm. and just kind of like teach them like their worth and their mm-hmm. value and just let them know that like they're important and they have a place in the world. Yeah. I think that's why, why I love being with kids so much mm-hmm. is just trying to show them that like they're loved. Yeah. Which I see that you have done. And that's why I sort of started with camp and then we move on to be yeah. a teacher and we're going to touch on Hondo. Ooh. But I think, yeah. I just think that's sort of the overarch that I see in your life is that, you know, being a teacher is sort of the avenue that you use. Right. But it's not the heart of what you care about. Right. It's about being with the youth. Yes. I just have to say that. Yeah, it's youths, a fun word, youth. It is. It's about being with them and telling them, like, you matter, your story matters. Yeah. You're here for a purpose. Yeah. So did someone do that for you or was it like you wish someone had been like that for I you? Wi- I wish someone would have done that for me. Yeah. Like this summer has just been a summer of self-discovery and like it's been a wild summer. Like yeah. radically changed my life. Mm. I read, I've read some books at the beginning of the summer that like made me think on mm-hmm. a level that I haven't before. What books? Um, I read the book Scary Close by Donald Miller. Yes. Have you read that? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it like wrecked my world. Yeah, it's a big one. Because I'm like, am I I've always I've always been like, I'm authentic. Like mm-hmm. I'm true with people. I'm real. Like that's like <laughs> that's like what I say about myself. Like, sorry I'm so blunt. I'm just really real. Yeah. And then I read this and I was like, oh my gosh, I've been lying to everyone forever. <laughs> and so it was like, I just want to be real with people. Yeah. And I don't think I ever had someone in my life mm-hmm. that like truly always was like you matter like you're you're valued and it's not like woe is me it's just like I want to be that for kids Mm -hmm. you know like I want people to know that like they're loved and they matter and they have value yeah and like it's something that I feel like I've only just discovered this summer which Mm -hmm. is like I'm about to turn 28 and that's Mm -hmm. so sad to me Mm -hmm. that that I feel like I'm just grasping that you know and so I don't want any kid to make it to 28 and not know that about themselves. Yeah. And so, yeah. I love that though, because even from a place of not knowing, like having not received it yourself, Mm. there's a level where you, you know, you don't know how to give what you haven't received, Yeah, but you have, you do. And at camp and being a teacher. And then when we were in Honduras, LOL, like you do give from a place of wanting kids to know they matter. And it's not because you like sit them down and you're like, listen, Johnny Sue, I need you to know that you are loved and you matter. It's not like that. It's just like you play with them. It's just so much more. It's so much more like, oh, it needs to be more authentic than that. Yes. Because no one's going to believe. Because my whole life, people have been like, you're loved. Mm -hmm. You matter. Like, and for some reason, it just never clicked. Yeah. You know? And so it's just about doing life with people, Mm. which is just at the heart of it, which I feel like is what Jesus wants us to do. Yeah. Like, he wants us to do life with people and show people that they're loved mm-hmm. without just like saying it all the time. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. It's so you know? true. It, it really is true. And I like what you said because it's not enough to just tell people things. Right. And, and like, again, you don't have to sit people down and show them 
that you know you let's let's have this serious thing it's more of like hey you want to get some coffee yeah or you want to get some tacos right like you matter to me i have time for you yes yes i love that so you started being a camp counselor after graduate high school no i think i started i think i was 17 oh i guess yeah that was my first summer after i graduated yeah how different was that going from because i remember i was never a camp counselor but i remember being like one of the older kids yeah. you've got like different privileges so was there this shift of like oh I am not a kid anymore like I don't know I feel like sometimes you know you think you can't get to do all the kid stuff play on the rides or right was it really different yeah, were you like it was good um so at my camp you're a camper and then you're a junior counselor or you can be a junior counselor which is just like an assistant counselor, mm-hmm. but you're not old enough to be your own counselor. So I was a junior counselor, and then I was a counselor. Gotcha. And I kind of just like, I mean, I fell really easily into the role. Like, mm. um, I feel like management is one of my gifts, and so it was just, it was a really smooth tra- transition. Mm. Like, I'd been there forever. I knew kind of what I needed to be doing, um, and it just kind of happened really smoothly. So it wasn't... It was kind of in some aspects, like, the veil had been removed. Yeah. Like, so many things that I'm, like, I don't know, all these things that just happened that now you were the one, like, making them happen. Yeah. So that was different. But I loved it. Yeah. Like, it was it was cool to be the one to, like, make those things happen. For the other people. For the other people. Yeah. You know? Again, just goes back to, like, your heart of wanting people to feel excited mm. and happy and loved mm. and, and have the same experience that you had right. or did not have. Right. You know, I think it's cool that you really do just carry that with you, whether you know mm. it or not. You've done that everywhere you've been. It's I like dropping little sprinkles. Everywhere. Stop. Thank you. Stop it. I also suck at taking compliments. So like, really <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> so funny. Okay. So then you travel down here to Arkansas, sure which did. I'm sure was a, such an experience. Yeah. Cause I still, I'm, I mean, I'm from the South, right? but I still sometimes just look, look and I'm like, I don't right. know what right. you're doing. Yeah. Did you feel that when you moved here? Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Life is very different here. Yes. Um, culture shock, I feel like is only said when you like go outside the country and then you come back into the country, but there's definitely some culture shock coming from yeah. the North to the South. Yeah. Um, yeah. Life is slower. Yeah. People are friendlier. Yeah. Uh, friendlier sometimes means creepier. Just, <laughs> that's just how that goes. Yes. I will but... never forget being at Walmart and some homeboy coming up to me oh, saying, okay. Um, your boyfriend is really lucky. And I was like putting the groceries in my trunk. And I'm, your buggy yeah, is what my they call buggy. it here. Yeah. yeah, I was putting the groceries from my buggy to my trunk. And, oh, okay. And he gotcha, was like, gotcha. your boyfriend is just came up to me. And I said, excuse me. Right. Because while I'm from the South, I, I feel like Nashville is a little big city South. Right, And so right. I Agreed. was like, get out of my space. It yeah. was very weird. 100%. Yeah. My friend Jenny, um, who's from Boston, just uh-huh. said that same thing of like, she noticed the first thing coming to Nashville was that people, someone held the door for her. And she wasn't close enough for it to be... Right. It was like... It's far enough that it's awkward. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... Yeah. I always find it interesting what people say about that. Yeah. So you came in knowing, I'm going to be a teacher. Yeah. And you declared that right away. Yeah. I mean, I started... So I went to a community college back in New York to try to save some money. Um, And I, even there, I was like, I'm going to be graduating with like my teaching degree. So Mm -hmm. what do I need to do? So yeah, I knew. You knew. No question. No question. When you declared and you got here and you like started doing the thing, was there ever a moment where you were like, I don't know if I'm going to be a 
student teaching. Yeah, hundred percent. So what did you do with that? So it didn't come until my student teaching semester. LOL. Um, yeah. So student teaching, for those of you that don't know, is just where you're in a classroom with a teacher learning how to. It's like field experience. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what it is actually. So I had a great placement at um the academy. Um, I loved my loved my placement. It was with third grade. Uh, I had a great time. I was like, this is great. I love this. This is everything I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. And then I switched over to the school I'm at now in kindergarten. And Bless us all. I did not like it. Um, I was with a teacher that is a fantastic teacher, but um, we have very different teaching styles. And so being in her room, I was like, this is not... Nope, this is not for me. Mm. This is not what I'm going to do. And that's actually what led me to going home for a year. Because mm. after I graduated, I ended up going home and I was a nanny. Okay. Um, For a little newborn baby. I started Aww. when she was 10 or 11 weeks old. Um, Loved it. Loved it. And then, oh man, this could go like for, this is such a long story. Like I love it. And then the Lord brought me back here, which is like, that's like literally the, the most abridged version I could give you. But was there, there was some, a moment. Yeah. Okay. Cause you went, what year were you in New York? I was in New York from, uh, May of 13 to May of 14. Okay. So May of 13 is when I lived, lived my life. Yes. We did all the things. All the things. So fun fact, May, June. Yeah. Of 2013, we lived in Honduras. We did. Which I can only laugh about. It's so far removed. (sighs) It's one of those things you do when you're 18. Right. And you're like, let's go live in a foreign country where we know no details. Right. Okay, so back up. Except I was definitely 22. Oh, I forget. Oh, I was older than that. I mean, you were not, yeah. I was 20 or 21. Yeah. But I felt like I was 19. Right. We were living the 17-year-old, 18-year-old life. We were. So we both had just graduated college. I don't remember when I met you in undergrad. I guess it was when we were doing Bible study or something. I think that must have been it. But anyway, we had become friends. And somewhere I came into Harding having already been in Honduras a little bit and wanted to find a group. And we had joined a Bible study that was going to Honduras to this one orphanage. So. We both went on that trip and just went every year since after yeah. that. And yeah. then the summer after we graduated college with literally very little detail, I remember not I knowing anything. I mean, it all came together so it fast did. that it was like... What? I think we thought about this. I think I had said something like, I want to go live in Honduras for the summer before I start grad school. And I was trying to find people who would go with me. Yeah. And I, and I was like, you, I just graduated. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you were about to go back to New York, I guess. Yeah. And so I'd ask you, so we raised a bunch of money and we knew the orphanage and we knew the people. So that was right. what saved us. But as far as what we would actually be doing, we, literally no we idea. had no idea. No and idea. I think they told us they wanted us to do like paint the wall or some such nonsense. And which I, like the wall is like a hundred feet long. So yes. it would take us like four days. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we were there for six, six weeks. weeks and we were like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So anyway, we ended up living in Honduras, what which is its own separate Yeah, I was episode. just thinking, we could for sure talk for like 18 and a half hours about just that. But I do think it was, it was a really interesting time. Mm. Speaking on the point of you wanting to show kids mm-hmm. how much they're cared for. Mm-hmm. I mean, Honduras, 
especially where we were, it was it was an orphanage in the sense that these kids were not with their parents right. or their families, but a lot of their family members still were alive. They just couldn't take care of them. Right. And you couldn't adopt them. So they were all living in this one home. Well, it was several homes, but it was like on one village compound. And I barely spoke Spanish, and I'm not sure that you spoke much Spanish. You spoke more Spanish than I did. Yeah. And so we're here trying to teach these kids, Yeah, you matter, you yeah. are loved, even though... Sometimes your parents um, are alive and just can't take care of you. Sometimes they've passed away. Sometimes mm -hmm. they don't know how to, you know, how do you show the kids that? So what was the biggest thing you took away from our experience there, which could be very tricky because there's probably a thousand things, but especially not knowing much of the language. I mean, how do you show kids that? Which I think that could be true here. You're going to find kids in your classroom or at, at the church yeah. where you can't relate to them for whatever reason. You speak the same language, but you don't know how to connect. Like you can't, you can't seem to get there. So what do you do? I mean, what do you do in those situations? Oh my gosh. I don't even, Ooh, I don't know. I feel like you just have to rely on God like a lot more. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing I took away from it was just that like, even in that situation where, like, it was uncomfortable a lot of the time because, like, we didn't speak the same language. We didn't know what we were doing. We were kind of just thrown into whatever. Yeah. Like, we were both happy to be there. But oh, yeah. we were very much just, like... It was chaos. Kind of floundering. Yeah. Like, even in all of that, I loved the entire time we were there. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I think what I took away from that is I just genuinely have a heart for people. Mm -hmm. Like, whether I can speak the same language as them, whether I know what's going on, whether we have a plan or not, like just being with them mm -hmm. was enough to make it worth it. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And I distinctly remember, so there's a school in the middle of the village and it's surround, it's like a, it's mm -hmm. a, what, what is that called? A porch? Just yeah. All it has the an way around. Outer, an outer yeah. porch. Yeah. Wraparound porch. Um, yeah. That's it. There it is. And so we would sit there cause it's the only place in the shade mm -hmm. and we would sit there and just let the kids listen to like Justin Bieber. Yes. And I can't oh. even remember what other songs, whatever was popular. Really big on Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah. Justin Bieber was really it. He was, he was big. And we, that's how we connected with them. Yeah. And they would dance and we would take pictures and we would learn like five words. Yeah. And then we would say them over repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Yeah. Cause that's and all we all loved it though. Like we all the loved kids it. and us, like it yeah. was the best time ever sitting on a porch mm -hmm. listening to Justin Bieber. Yeah. And I remember when we had to leave, Ugh. it was terrible. Yeah. It was so heart wrenching, but I remember leaving feeling like I just, we just got started. Yes. Like how could it already be over? Mm -hmm. We just, mm -hmm. and I think that's true because there's a level of buildup. I mean, you mm -hmm. can't just roll into a place luckily they knew us yeah. because we've been there before right. but you know you can't just walk into a place and assume hey we're gonna connect we're gonna be friends mm -hmm. especially with kids kids yeah. can be very guarded they can be very like i don't trust you i don't know you right for sure so you have to like build that groundwork but i remember thinking it's not time it's not already time i yeah. can't believe it yeah yeah that's a whole other episode what <sighs> oh man okay so then you're in Hon so from honduras you go back to new york right yeah. For the rest of, until May, you're nannying. Yes. So yeah. what was it that got you back here? I mean, if it's super personal. No, no it's not personal okay. at all. It's like a huge, huge part of my story. story. So, um, so I am nannying. I love it. It's just one baby. Um, Louisa, she's great. Uh, and then in April, I don't know. The specific dates are kind of hairy, but like the timeline to me is crystal clear. So... I had just been asked to sign, like, 
a salaried contract with my nannying people. So I was like, like this was my job. Mm -hmm. I was in. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I was 100% sure this is what I wanted to do. 100%. So I go home one night and I get a text from someone we both went to college with um, who is the youth minister at a church in Plano, Texas. And he goes, hey, there's a children's ministry internship open and I just really think that you would be good for it. And I was like, okay, one, I have not talked to this guy <laughs> since we graduated. Like, sure. it's been a full year. Yeah. I'm like, why the heck would he think of me? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. In Plano, Texas, like, what, is, what even is that? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know. It's a suburb of Dallas, which mm-hmm. I learned later. Um, I was like, wow, uh, thanks for thinking of me. I'm not really sure. Like, I have a job that I love here. Um, I'm not really sure I can do that right now. And he responded with, well, just like pray about it. And I need to know in like the next day or two. And I was like, you need to know in the next day or two if I'm going to uproot my life. Yeah. Okay. So I remember that that was very distinctly one of the first times that I was like, I have to sit down and pray about this Mm. because my big thing was control, Mm. control, control. Like I planned my life. Mm -hmm. I knew what I was doing. I was good at it. Like, I've got it. And so I had planned my life. Like, I was going to be a nanny. And it was working out great. Mm -hmm. So for someone to be like, let's move down to Plano, Texas. Like, let's go back to the South. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, no. Like, I'm good here. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got it. So I remember sitting down and praying about it. And I was very just, like, intentional. I was just like, God, I need you to tell me, like, very clearly. If this is what you want me to do, then this is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. But it it, it needs to not be wishy-washy. Like, you need to be like, this is it. Yeah. And so... The next day, he put me in contact with their children's minister, and she called me, and she was like, I've just heard, like, so many great things. Like, Matt speaks really highly of you. Um, I just think that this would be a position that you really should take, and I think that you would flourish in it. And I was like, holy crap. Like, (laughs) I was like, I have to take this position. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, can I just have, like, one more day to, like, think through this, pray through this? And she was like, yeah, I just, I really need you to let me know, like, hopefully tomorrow. I was like, okay, I can do that. And so I was like, okay, I think I know that this is what I need to do. But now I need to tell the family that I'm nannying for that I'm going to leave. Mm. Like, I had just been, like, I just signed a new contract. Um, backstory on them, they're from Minnesota. They had moved to New York for a job. Um, and they had no plans of going back because the positions both of them were in were one of those positions where someone stays until they die. Like, mm. they don't open up. Sure. So they were going to stay in Syracuse. Um Anyways, I told them, and I was like, I think this is what I need to do. And they were so supportive. Mm. Like, they were like, this sounds like something you absolutely have to do. Like, you have to do this. Do this. So, I did it. I was like, all right, I'm going. Uh, So, two weeks into my time in Plano, I find out that both of them have been offered, one of them or both of them have been offered a job in their hometown in Minnesota doing the job that they were doing in Syracuse that never opens up. So wow. they were leaving either way. Whether I got this Whoa. job, or, like I had goosebumps right now. Thinking yeah. About Whether I took this job in Plano, they were leaving either wow. way. So you would have been stuck. I would. I, mean, I would have been stuck in New York yeah, without a job. Without a job. Without a job. Wow. And I was just like, "What even? That's like, huge. This is a hundred percent God because yeah. I never would have ended up in Plano. No. And then someone needed a maternity sub um, at the school that I'm teaching at right now. Another girl I hadn't talked to in, like, 
a year or two. Mm. She was like, I need a maternity sub in Cersei, Arkansas. And I was like, LOL. I'm not going back to Cersei. Like, God brought me here. I'm yeah. doing children's ministry now. Like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So I, like, am in Plano trying to, like, make it work. Like, set up a job with them. If anyone has any experience with elders, you know that they take a whole long time to decide anything. Yeah. So they were, like, going to take a month or two to decide whether or not I could have a job there. And I was like, I can't. Mm-mm. I can't. In my mind, I was like, this is where I need to be. God brought me here. This is where he wants me to be. Mm. And then I got brought back to Cersei <laughs> to mm-hmm. student teach. And so I, or not student teach, to um, long-term sub while she was on maternity leave. And so I started grad school, uh, kind of just fell into life here, and it worked really easily. Mm. And then I interviewed for a job um, in April. And I got it. And so wow. I was a teacher. And I was like, I never... I was a teacher at the school that to, that I decided I didn't want to be a teacher at. Like, yeah. it was at that school that I was like, this is not the profession I want. And then wow. I got a job at that school. And I, I tell people to this day, I never would have known that my dream job was in Judsonia, Arkansas. Yeah. Like, and it truly is my dream job. Yeah. I love it. Well, and you know what... I think it's really sweet how your whole life goal, your whole intention in your life has been to speak into others what was not spoken into you. Mm-hmm. But what got you back here to your dream job is people speaking into you what you could not see for yourself. Yeah. You had people texting you that you had not talked to yeah. in a long time, but yeah. you're the one they thought of because right. they saw something in you that maybe you couldn't see into yourself or that maybe other people weren't speaking into you. And they said, you know what? Tracy would be good for this. Yeah. And I just love that whole just crazy weird thing that life does where the thing that you give out into the world is the thing that mm-hmm. people are putting back into you. And it got you in this position now where yeah. you're like living your best life in a place that you never, never could have seen. Never thought you would be in. It's wild when you sit back and look at it. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So how did you get from teaching? Was it just a natural thing to do the youth ministry stuff or was that something? Yeah, no. <laughs> so... Um, I love, I love kids. I love kids. And of all ages, right? All ages. Yeah. Yeah. Some are harder than others. Puberty is a real tough time on everyone. But, uh, (laughs) I love all kids. Yeah. So when I came back to start my, um, long-term subbing job and to start grad school, I needed to find a church family. And so during college, you know, because I brought myself to Harding, I knew it was good for my life. I struggled the whole time. Mm. Like, financially, I struggled. So I worked all the time. Yeah. So I never found a church family when yeah. I was here the first time. Which is so backwards when you go to, like, a little church school and then you don't actually have a church family. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so I tried out fellowship. Loved it. And I knew I wanted to get involved with kids. Mm-hmm. So I started and plugged myself into the preschool there. Because I had volunteered at the preschool back home, like, my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I plugged myself into the preschool. Loved it. And then three summers ago, they needed someone to go to camp with the kids, like with the 6th to 12th graders. And I had not done anything with the youth at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought maybe I wanted to, but I just hadn't found a way to get plugged in. Um, So I was like, yeah, I'll go to camp. Like, I love camp. Mm -hmm. I live for camp. (laughs) Like, I live for camp. So I was like, yeah, I'll go. And that's just how that happened. I went to camp, and then I just started volunteering with them. Mm so then this summer, I needed, I knew I needed to find some extra work. 
um, just because my car's about, I literally drive a trash can that mm. has wheels on it, you know? <laughs> so like I put together a trash can. So I need a new car soon. So I was like, I got to get a job. And so I, I fell back on my old ways of like, I'm going to figure this out for myself. I've got this. Like, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to mm. whatever. Um, our student pastor approached me and said, have you thought about like maybe interning for, for me? And I was like, no. Like, I'm not, I don't, I, my exact words to him were, I don't feel like I'm spiritually equipped enough to, mm. to be in that position. And he was like, whoa, stop. Mm. He was like, first of all, none of us ever are. Mm. And second of all, you are. Like, you need to see that in yourself. Mm. And I was like, oh. Once again, someone's speaking into you. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh-huh. So I was like, I don't know, let me pray about it. Like, that's, ooh. Ooh. Yeah prayed about it and sure enough god was like yep this is what you this is what i want you to do mm. which like as a 27 year old you're like i'm not an intern like mm. <laughs> i'm not at the age to intern so i never saw this yeah never saw this coming yeah and i could not have planned something better for my life at this time in my mm. life like i just couldn't have the like i said before this has been a summer of just like personal growth and spiritual growth mm-hmm. and just like pruning yes. it's just been an incredible summer Mm. like a completely life-changing summer that I could not have set up for myself yeah so no going into youth into the youth was not something that I saw happening yeah but I never do God always does like always absolutely always so what this is a little counselory I'm throwing this on you okay what do you want to say to seven-year-old Tracy who is loves kids and wants to be a teacher yeah but maybe is just searching for how to do it. Like knows that this is a passion, but is sort of fumbling to figure out how to let this out and also needs it herself. What what would you say to her? Just like love people. Just just love people. Mm-hmm. Like do life with people and love people. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna fill you. Yeah. Like you're gonna subsequently fill them and without you even knowing they're gonna end up filling you. Mm-hmm. I just think it's Sometimes we make it out to be so much harder than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do I? How do I get these things? How do I feel fulfilled? How do I? It's it live life with people mm-hmm. and just be open to living life with people. Yeah. And like little seven year old Tracy would be like, "What? That's that's wild," because <laughs> she's seven. But right. just don't make it as hard as you think it is. Yeah. And like when people tell you things, like when people tell you you're loved, let yourself believe it. Mm. And like. When people speak into you, let yourself believe it. Mm-hmm. Because the irony is, when you show up for people with the intention of pouring into their lives in a way that they don't get, mm-hmm. they're going to see you in that process as mm-hmm. who you really are, even mm-hmm. if you can't. And they're going to return that favor. Like you said, they, they yeah. speak back into you. Right. And so while you've said, you know, you, you're not as, you've been lying to everyone is how you phrased it earlier. Yeah. I, I think that your actions have not been lying. Mm-hmm. I just think maybe you weren't as aware of them or you couldn't see them for what they were. I think other people, but I think that's the gift of being in community Mm -hmm. is that you get to speak to others what they can't see. Right. And they get to speak to you. And I think that's why it's so important. And that never happens if you're not in community with people. Exactly. So, which again, doesn't have to be complicated. No, I think people make it really complicated. Yes. But it doesn't have to be. No, they make it this very intimidating thing. Yeah. Just like, Go get the tacos. Yes. Go drink the coffee. Any Go for the walk. to get tacos and coffee. Girl. I'm amen. there. Yes. Ugh. Maybe not like the same time. That probably sounds not, actually kind probably of Probably not at the same time. <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> so what would you say is nourishing you now? Because here on the podcast, we like to talk about yeah. 
what is bringing you nourishment? And it sounds like this summer has been, while incredible, also maybe exhausting. Yeah, so it's been exhausting in, like, a good way. Mm-hmm. You know when you, like, run a marathon? Neither of us know mm, this. Nope. Wait, know didn't, what that's you, like. didn't you run a half marathon? No, girl. I ran, okay. like, a 5K. Okay, me too. Well, for those of you out there that are like, <laughs> I like to run, good on you. Good on you. But you know how when you run the whole thing, and neither of us have life experience with this. Sure, but You in run theory, the whole thing, and then at the end, and you're like... I'm exhausted, yeah. but dang, do I feel good. Yeah. Like, I feel accomplished. Yeah. Um, what's bringing me nourishment right now is just, like, truly taking the time to figure myself out. Mm. Like, taking a step into, like, figuring out my authentic self and being vulnerable with people. Mm. Which, like, being vulnerable with people is exhausting. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. But you feel so nourished mm-hmm. after you've done it. Yeah. You just, you feel a sense of, like... You have given everything, but you could not feel more full. Yeah. And so just like this entire summer has just been me being vulnerable with people and being real with people Mm. and just like truly trying to live out that life. Yeah. Which is so hard. Yeah. It's really hard sometimes. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. I've had to do some reconciling this summer with people, which has been really hard to just like do it, you know? Yeah. Um, But once you're done, like I said, you feel this like peace. Yeah. And it's it's just worth it. So it's worth it. my nourishment has been doing the hard things. Yeah. Like do the hard things, be vulnerable, be authentic, be real, and it's going to feel good. You're going to feel nourished. I love that because I do think, I think the trick of nourishment is that a lot of times it is the hard thing. Yeah. Nourishment is not always, um, you know, I mean, tacos are always great. Always great. But nourishment is not always a delight. Right. Like sometimes nourishment is the hardest thing you could do. It's not always comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's why I love it. Yeah. Because that's real. Yeah. That's life. But like, sometimes it is the tacos. Yeah. Sometimes it is just going out and reading. Yeah. Sometimes it is sitting at home, like watching a movie. Yeah. Like there have been seasons in my life where that's been my nourishment. Yeah. This has just been a, a different kind of nourishment. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you because it's fun. It's fun to watch you and I do not want to be a part of the youth. <laughs> so, I mean, I work with kids and I love kids, yeah. but I like working with one kid right, at a time. And right. so the, the whole youth thing is overwhelming. But I think, yeah. I think now more than ever, which I see a lot of just destruction and heartache and so does my husband. Yeah. And it's just, it's hard when you work this job as a counselor to mm-hmm. maintain a positive perspective on what's going on Mm -hmm. and I think it's good that you are working with the youth because I think now more than ever which I'm sure everybody says I'm sure I'm sure that this has always been like things that we're dealing with it's not nothing's new under the sun yeah yeah but I think it seems like now more than ever it's important to have people who are speaking into people's lives kids lives and saying you do matter just how you are. Yeah. You don't have to be something crazy, no. you know, and even though you love Fortnite and you love Instagram and okay. things, like that's not all there is. And I think it's important yeah. for people to be speaking into them if their parents can't. And and even when their parents do, sometimes it takes the youth intern Tracy, who they're going to talk about in 10 years, mm. who said one thing to them. Right. That matters. Yeah. So Anyway, that was a little bit of a soapbox, but Always. I, I think it's important. Boxes. I just think it's so important. I agree. It's just, it matters. So yeah. thanks for coming on and talking with us today, no, Trace. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. We'll have to do it again. We'll have to do a Honda episode. Oh my gosh. Y'all aren't ready. 
Y'all aren't ready. Shoot. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know that I'm prepared. I think we're definitely going to have to have some like pics and clips and stuff. Our vlogs that yeah. we made. Oh. <laughs> Fun fact, we made um, vlogs. And for those of you who may not know, that's a video blog. Um, with my old computer, every day we made a vlog. I can't imagine what we said. Oh, uh, girl, I watched one the other day. Oh, and wow. it was like, you couldn't even see my face because our Classic. lighting was horrible. Yes. You could see the reflection of my glasses. Yeah. And we were talking about the bugs. Yeah, so quick clip for you, those of you who are just dying to know. Um, we lived in a concrete, basically block, shoebox. Yeah. Shared a bed. Yep. Our shower slash... It was a it was a oh, pipe that came out of the wall, out of the ceiling. Remember? Yep, yep. Yeah. It was a pipe that always cold, and it was just it was almost like a um, just straight waterfall. Mm-hmm. There was no, mm-hmm. and then we had the toilet. I feel like right waterfall there. is being very generous. It is being generous. Uh, it was like a straight trickle. It was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. then the water would raise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't drain. Did mm-hmm. not drain. Yeah. There was our little toilet right there. We had a um, if I remember a stove in there. We did. <gasps> and lots of bugs. Yeah, and a scorpion. Remember I killed a scorpion. scorpion. Yep. That was, uh, and then we had a window that was not soundproof, come to find no. out. <laughs> no, the fireworks. Oh the my fireworks. gosh, That'll, that will have to be a whole other episode. Well, this but was, we loved our time. <laughs> we did. Don't get us wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's those kinds of memories that make it so fun. And now. surreal. And so surreal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for chatting with me today. Yeah, girl, thanks for having me. Oh man, just love talking with Tracy. I just love the things that she's doing and working with the youth and trying to be more authentic. Um, She's hilarious too. I'm sure you recognize some of that in um, our podcast, but she really is so funny. She has such a good sense of humor. Um, So just love being around her, love being her friend, thankful for the work that she's doing with all the youth and just grateful to her for her authenticity, for sharing um, her heart today and her journey in just really discovering what nourishes her and um, sounds like discovering that in a fresh way. So really grateful for her. You can find her on Instagram at T Donaldson and you can find us on Instagram at Be Nourished Podcast. See you next week.